This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college sports fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, today I say college sports fans because... We're back to a little bit of football and a little bit of basketball on the docket. We're back at it. I mean, what was Bringing it? Two, them both in. Two weeks ago, I lied to you guys, and yeah. I said we're done with football for a while. But then me and Brandon went ahead and said, oh, wait, there was a senior bowl that happened. We could talk about that. National signing day is coming up. And I know that you guys are dying to hear what we have to say about both of those things. And then at the end of the podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit of college basketball whether the one-and-done is kind of fading away. And, Brandon, we're going to start with the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl, to me, is usually an interesting thing because everyone knows who the top of the draft is usually going to be. Like, the the guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, they don't need to play in the Senior Bowl because it's like we know they're going to be top prospects. But it's like, okay, here are the seniors. These are the guys that have stayed in college, and you might have to see them. And we had a lot of guys who, especially at the quarterback position, Carson Wentz, yes, he's going to be a first-rounder, but he's a guy that nobody really knew about, so we want to see him play. Dak Prescott, a guy where it's like, are you even going to get drafted, young fella? There were other guys like Kenyon Drake from your Alabama who it's like, where are you going to go as a late-round running back. And I want to start with, to me, the most interesting question was not even Carson Wentz. He was not the most interesting thing to me. The most interesting thing was Dak Prescott because he won the MVP, and everyone's going to look at that and go, okay, he could turn into something. Yeah, he, he wins most outstanding player honors, and I think that this is really positive for Dak Prescott because I think throughout the season he kind of got lost. I think he got lost in the mix of all these other players, all these other quarterbacks. And the Bulldogs didn't have that great of a season. They really didn't. You know, they kind of started off okay, mm-hmm. but they 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 fell back. You know, they were one of the teams in the West that just kind of fell back and... People didn't really take a look at them, but I think that what he did over the weekend at the Senior Bowl solidifies that he will have a spot in the upcoming NFL draft. And I can't say that he secures himself a a high spot in the draft, but he secures himself a spot in the draft. I definitely think so. He has a nice outing. People take notice. That's what he wanted. That's what happened, and again, he earns M.O.P. honors, Most Outstanding Player. So I think at the end of the day, Dak Prescott did just enough to show people, just because my team wasn't great during this regular season, I'm still here. I'm still a good player, and I can make a difference on your team. Yeah, and I mean, if you're sitting there going, but Ricky, how did, like, what was his stats? He went 7 of 10 in the game, not a huge sample size, but 7 of 10, 61 yards, had a touchdown, finished with a rating of 154.2. The quarterback that started over him and Brandon Allen 
7 of 10, 106 yards, a rating of 159. So both quarterbacks for the South, really top performers. And for me, for Dak Prescott, it's just the question of where is he going to— I feel he's going to be drafted, let's be honest. He is going to be drafted, but what kind of a player are we going to see from Dak Prescott? And the one thing that they asked him, I want to say it was um, Fanagan after um, the game was over, they handed him the Reese's Outstanding Player, which if you have the time, find the footage from that because it's great. The guy that they got like that's representing Reese's went to hand him the trophy and then stuck out his right hand is to shake his hand, and Dak didn't see it. And, oh, it's so funny just watching this guy's, like, awkwardness of, like, oh, no, oh, okay, I got shut down. And then he's, like, looking, like, did anyone else see that? And he's like, yeah, dude, we saw you get your hand shut down. But the one thing they asked him was, he's a mobile guy. In the draft process, is he going to use the, oh, well, look at Cam Newton. Look at the mobile guys, like, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton going to the Super Bowl. I can do that same thing. I saw that question was like, uh, I wouldn't say that because the, you're kind of being living up to some big britches if you're going to walk in and say, yeah, I'm Cam Newton when nobody's even looking to you in the first round. But it's all about can Dak, like the biggest question with Dak is will he be able to improve and develop into an everyday starter at the quarterback position? Well, I think that the answer would be yes, because we've looked at guys such as, how about Alex Smith? When he was Mm -hmm. with the 49ers, people looked at him and said, something's going wrong here. You know, what is wrong with this kid? He has had, but then you have to look at it. He had multiple offensive coordinators. Uh, that does not help. That does not help. And now you look at him with the Chiefs, makes a playoff run. Sometimes it's all about the scheme. Sometimes it's all about the organization, who you're working with. Mm-hmm. All those different factors come into play. But if Alex Smith is able to make it, if Colin Kaepernick is able to make it, and you know Kaepernick has had his ups and downs, clearly his downs lately, Dak Prescott reminds me more of a little bit of a Colin Kaepernick. You can work with that. It's raw talent that you can really try and hone in and be able to use farther down the road, you're going to be able to see that talent come to fruition. It's no longer raw talent. You have now done something with it. And I think that that's what Dak Prescott looks like to me. I think he's a good quarterback. I've been a Dak fan for a little while. I think that he's definitely going to have a home somewhere, but it may take him a little bit. may take him a little longer than other guys. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the one thing I want to correct myself is I said that Brandon Allen started over Dak. It wasn't that Allen started over him. Jake Coker started the game for the South. Allen just had the most yards and the better rating of any of the quarterbacks on the South side. But, yeah, I mean, the one thing with Dak is, like I said, his development in the NFL. And the one thing I will say that's going to help him is he's 6'2". 210 pounds. He's tall. He's got a bit of um, size to him. And he's going to be, to me, he's going to be a mid-round. Some team in the mid-rounds, maybe three, four, are going to go, okay, well, we didn't take one of those Goff, Lynch, Wentz. We didn't take one of those guys. Let's go ahead 
and take this guy. And I mean, if you look at the north side, Carson Wentz, who started the game for them, 6 of 10 for only 50 yards. And you're looking at that going, yeah, Ricky, but he's still a good quarterback. If you're an NFL team looking at Carson Wentz, when you see those numbers, do you still think that, okay, how much of this do we put into his draft stock? And do you say, okay, maybe I got to take a third, fourth, fifth look at this guy because he really didn't blow away the senior game. I know that a lot of people get reps, but he didn't really blow anybody away. Well, here's the thing, though, is that I don't think that you necessarily need to blow anyone away. Mm -hmm. I think that you just need to be solid at the end of the day. That's what you need to do. You need to be solid. You need to show that you're in the right place, that you deserve a spot. It's all you need because you're just fighting for a spot. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, draft stock for these guys, they know they're not going first round. They know they're not going second. Well, you know, unless stuff you're like, like Carson Wentz is maybe the only one. Maybe, but you have to take a look at it. It does not matter. Guys like Marcus Colston mm-hmm. back in the day when he was good, seventh rounder from Hofstra, mm-hmm. guy was good. Uh, you know, you find gems, and it doesn't really necessarily matter where you go for most of these guys down here towards, I won't say the bottom, but, it, you know, in the middle, it matters that you go. That's what I think. And I think that Dak Prescott did what he needed to do to make sure he put himself on the map, and he did. And you know who, to me, this is not a quarterback, not a wide receiver. This is a running back. And you know who, to me, I really like. And this is a running back that I feel like is going to be taken maybe fourth, I'm going to say fourth, fifth round at the moment. And I think he is going to develop into something very nice. Kenneth Dixon out of Louisiana Tech. I mean, in the Senior Bowl, only nine attempts, 27 yards. His longest run was 10 yards. But this is a this is a guy that like I've seen play because he's played against Illinois. After I've seen him play against Illinois, I'm like, I'm going to continue to watch this guy. And the more I watch of Kenneth Dixon, that's just the one guy that kind of sticks out to me that could be one of those gems from the senior bowl. But the one thing I want to go back to Wentz for a second because he went 6 of 10, should have been 8 of 10 because he had two passes that were dropped by receivers. One of those receivers dropping one of his screen passes, Broxton Miller, only two catches, eight yards. His longest was a nine-yard grab. Is he going to, like, I after watching him in the senior bowl, I'm sitting there going, is he going to be anything special at the wide receiver position, or is he just going to get drafted and just fade away? He might. I mean, how many times do we have guys that do that? Mm-hmm. Even guys who are pretty good in college, they go to the NFL and there's just not a spot for them. And I think that where Braxton Miller is, position-wise, he may be one of those guys that you know they have come into a wildcat stuff like that. I, I, I mean, I think Miami for a while had backup quarterbacks that would come in just for that. Mm-hmm. Pretty good in college, but you're just running the wildcat in the yeah. NFL. So I think that. Kind of like Pat White. That's exactly who I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I could not think of the name, but thank Went you Went to Miami, yep. became a wide receiver. Kind of like Little Vic, Marcus Vic, great, good quarterback yeah, Virginia in Virginia Tech. Tech yeah, and absolutely. then came to the NFL, became a wide receiver for the Dolphins, and then nothing. Absolutely. How about um, Glenn Gronkowski? 
Is oh, there is room? It? Is there room for two in Gronkowskis in the NFL? Oh, that, I, let alone I New England. I don't think I don't think Glenn Gronkowski is going to be anything like his brother. Be hard but, to. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, God, I hope he's like half as good, or he makes a statement which is half as good as his brother. Because I mean. Rob Gronkowski is fun to watch. Yes, he is. And Glenn Gronkowski, when the, I was watching some of the highlights even after, and some of the analysts, it's like he made that play up the middle where he caught it. It's like, man, they that just runs in the family. They just right up the middle catches. That's just what they do. That's what Maryland does. Yeah. I don't even know if Gronkowski's from Maryland. But <laughs> but no, that is that's that's what the Gronkowskis do, mm-hmm. and it's always fun watching Rob Gronkowski. But when, you know when they come out with reports that oh the Patriots were talking with Glenn Gronkowski, I mean, can you really put a whole lot of stock into that? Probably not. You know what? But it'll probably, I think it would be interesting. You know what stock I put into that? The stock that I put in that is they talked to him and they said, hey, if you go undrafted, we'll sign you and at least invite you to camp. Exactly to prove something because. Your big brother said that we should. Well, absolutely. And I feel like Rob has a little bit of pull with uh, Mr. Kraft like Tom Brady does. You think? To where, uh, unless he's out there partying, Robert's saying, hey, you know what? Rob, Robert to Rob, we don't want you partying too much, especially uh, after that big Super Bowl win that they had. But how about this? Rob Gronkowski Mm -hmm. can party. You want to know why? Because he's a winner. Yeah. Is he a gamer, though, Skip? Is he a winner? Is he a gamer? He's a gamer. <laughs> he is a gamer. You know who's another guy that he, he the only reason why he struck out to me was that he was in this game. He had a sack, two tackles, and was all over the field. Is defensive pass rusher on the defensive line, Noah Spence. And if you're sitting there going, how, oh, Ricky, I've heard that name before. It's because he used to be with Ohio State. Off the field issues got him kicked off the team, and he went to Eastern Kentucky. This is a guy who could slip under people's radars because just think of, like think of this. Obviously, he's good if he was starting at Ohio State. This is a guy that people may look and say, Eastern Kentucky, he's going to be nothing. He has the talent to be a top twenty, even maybe a top ten prospect. In this draft, and Brandon, one team that I'm looking at that could make a splash if if Mark's the the last mock draft for most valuable podcast for the NFL that came out was Mark's, and he had DeForest Buckner, the big three four pass rusher, go kind of early. He had him going number five to Jacksonville. If that holds up, and Spence has a good combine and some good workouts. I feel at number 11, you know who's drafted at number 11, big guy? You should because they're one of your favorite teams. Who's drafted at number 11? The Bears. The Bears may go ahead and take Noah Spence, the 3-4 pass rusher. Big need, fits the 3-4 system. The only question with him is the -the off-the-field issue. Can he get past that issue that got him kicked off Ohio State and why he had to go to Eastern Kentucky. I, I think that guys can always make up for 
an off the field issue. I mean, look it, at what happened with Cam Newton. It's if, it's if it becomes a recurring issue. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, it's a one time thing. It's a learning experience. You grow up, and you have to be given that opportunity. The Bears are a team, I think, that would be willing to give that opportunity to get back some pieces of a defense that they badly need. Well, they haven't had, you guys haven't had a great defense. No since, need to sugarcoat. We haven't had went, a defense. It's been missing in action. Since you went to the Super Bowl, and I mean, the other things that I'm thinking of, another great, outstanding player from this Senior Bowl on the defensive side, Sean, Oak, Sean Oakman, who had two total tackles. He had two sacks, two tackles for loss. The Baylor guy. Six he foot nice, seven. Oh, Six he, foot seven. And to me, Spence and... Spence and Sean Oakman were they were the top they were the cream of the crop defensively. And this defense was kind of sprinkled with some okay, okay, here's someone that could really do something. But the last thing I want to mention with the senior ball, we talked about Wentz. We talked about Dak Prescott. What about the other guys? Like Jake Coker played a little bit. With this game, it's all about scouts seeing these guys for one last time in kind of like an all-star game setting, do you really believe like a guy like Coker, a guy like Kevin Hogan, a guy like Cody Kessler who went 4 of 10 for 47 or 45 yards? I know he did have the one-yard touchdown run for the North. Out of the three guys I mentioned, do you see them Anywhere, like during this game, did you say, okay, he is going to be something special during this draft process? No, um, but sometimes it's guys like these who end up being the surprises mm. later on because they have a good combine or a team, you know, takes a quote unquote flyer on them. Uh, I, I think that it's it's guys like these, though, that you know what you're really going to get from them. But but what we even saw with Jay Coker, even in that national even in the national trophy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Phyllis. But in, in that national championship, you could see Jake Coker, he needed to step up more in the pocket. He mm-hmm. he has things to learn, but you know really what you're going to get from him. It's it's things like that that need to be fixed, but things that can be fixed. I think that there's a definite team out there that's got a need that takes a look at him or Allen or any of those guys and says, you know what? What's it going to hurt us? They're going to be our backup. You know they they could take a guy you know behind uh, the Packers. They could take a guy behind Aaron Rodgers. Two people behind mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you're gonna sit for a while, but you're gonna learn from a very good quarterback. So okay, we're gonna move on. We talked about the guys who are leaving college football. Why don't we talk a little bit about guys who are gonna be starting their college career in a little bit? And the big thing, the first thing that I think we need to start off with with National Signing Day is, I'm going to ask you a clean and simple question, Brandon. As of right now, according to um, 247sports.com, the number one recruit in the country, Rashad Gary, the defensive tackle out of New Jersey, 6'5", 293 pounds, runs a 4'7", 40, has not committed. Everyone's predicting that he's going to go to Michigan. There's a lot of teams vying for him, but the top two, according to 24-7 Sports, is Clemson and Michigan. 
If you are Gary tomorrow or later this week, National Signing Day, because we're recording this on Monday, if you are Gary, who do you commit to? Clemson, a team that just went to the National Trophy, as Phyllis from Mulga would say, or a team like Michigan that seems like it has great things to come with the khakis at the helm. You know, this is kind of an easy one for me because this is the team that I wanted to talk about. I think he goes to Michigan. And the reason I, I knew say you were gonna say Michigan. And the reason I say Michigan is because of what Harbaugh is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's he's got a season to an an off season to really take a look at things, to really get his guys. To go get his guys. Already has 20, 25 recruits, 12 of them four stars. This would be the first five-star recruit for their class. I really think that it can be Harbaugh that brings in not only Gary, but a a mm-hmm. recruiting class that maybe moves Michigan into the next echelon. I think that can do it. Will it be just by getting Gary? No. But it will be by this draft class that Harbaugh now has in his own hands. These are my guys. I'm getting them. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all the recruiting. I have got just complete control. I think that this could be the offseason that moves Michigan, like I said, into the next tier, and we could definitely be seeing them be the next up powerhouse in the Big Ten. See, if I'm Dabo Sweeney right now, I'm feeling the pressure a little bit. And the reason why I'm feeling, you may be saying, but Ricky, why? He just went to the national title. He, yes, he lost to Alabama, but he just went to the national championship. It's going to have a pretty damn good team coming back. And they already have, out of Wake Forest, North Carolina, they already got the number two recruit out of 2016 in Dexter Lawrence. Could get the number one recruit in the class, another defensive tackle in Rashad Gary. However, I feel like he's the one feeling the pressure because we've seen what Clemson can do. We've seen that they can go to a national title. And the big thing if I'm Gary is you got to prove to me that you can do that again. It is very hard in this league. I mean, look at the teams from the first college football playoff. Florida State. Nowhere near the playoffs this year. Ohio State, the team that won it all, nowhere near the playoffs. Oregon, the team that lost in the championship where Clemson would be. Farther nowhere near from nowhere the, near. Yeah, not even near, like, if we're in the ballpark, they're, like, all the way across the country. That's where Oregon was. The only team from the first playoff to come back was the team that won it all this year, And that's a team coached by Nick Saban, so that's a little asterisk next to that because, let's be honest, Alabama's in a, they're in a category all by themselves. So if I'm Clemson, I'm a little worried because if I'm Gary, I'm thinking in the back of my head, okay, what are the odds of them coming back? Whereas I'm looking at Michigan and I'm seeing a freight train just getting revved up and it's got its sights set right for Ohio State. They're going to go right through Ohio State. They're looking to take the Big Ten by storm. And Michigan's a team that could be a playoff team either this year or next year. I'm going to go ahead and say this, Brandon. I'm predicting that Gary commits to the khakis. He puts on a pair of khakis, not a hat, 
that's going to put on a pair of khakis and commit to the Wolverines. They've got to be ironed and well-pressed mm-hmm. to make sure that he puts them on. So we're in agreement here. We're in agreement, and I'd be... I mean, to me, Michigan just has a lot more going. And, I mean, looking at their classes right now, Clemson is ranked ninth in the country, according to 247sports.com, with 16 recruits. They do have that one five-star recruit, which is the number two recruit in the country. However, Michigan, 25. They have almost, they've almost have 10 more. They've got nine more recruits than Clemson. Of course, I mean, it's all about having seats to fill. But Michigan, 25 recruits, and they're ranked higher than Clemson without even a five-star. And I'm going to go ahead and beg to ask this question. The five teams ahead need of to beg. The five teams ahead of Michigan. Alabama, 17 recruits, one five-star. Old Miss, 22, three five-stars. FSU, 21 recruits, one five-star. OSU, 23, one five-star. LSU, 23 recruits, one five-star. If Michigan gets Gary, not only will it push them into the top five, but where in the top five will it put them? Will they be three? Will they be four? I'd say it puts them at four. Right behind Florida State? That's what I think. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think that that would move them up a couple of spots there. I, I, I think that Ohio State may be also one of the strongest ones. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I'm an SEC guy, but yeah. I, I can definitely see Ohio State. You know, they, they're one of those teams. They're up there. People want to go there. People want to play at the Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State better be hoping they're getting some good recruits to go on that defense because they need to rebuild it. There's only one problem I have with that answer. And it's not like a problem like, oh, you know what, I wouldn't put them there. No, nah, I I could see like, okay, sure, I'd put them there. However, I look at Old Miss and I see 22 recruits, but I see those five five stars and I see three of them. And the three players that they have that are five-star recruits committed right now, they're going to have them, well, two of them they already have already enrolled. One of them is a hard commit, hoping that nothing happens where, you know, mom held the intent letter hostage because she wants them to go to Florida type of a thing. But they have Shea Patterson out of Florida, five-star pro-style quarterback. Then they got Benito Jones out of Mississippi, defensive tackle, number four and number 24 nationally, respectively, nationally ranked. Patterson's number four in the nation. Jones is number 24. Those are the two that are already enrolled at Old Miss. And then that third one, Gregory, Gregory Little out of Allen, Texas. He's the only one that's committed but hasn't signed yet. Five-star recruit, third ranked in the class offensive tackle. So I see that, and I go, okay, maybe Michigan State only moves up one if they get Gary. However, then I say, wait a second, Gary's the number one ranked recruit in the class. Let's put him at let's put him at four, maybe even three behind Ohio State. And to me, it's kind of a shocker that LSU's at the top. When I saw that, I was like, LSU, really? They have the best. They have the best team, like the best 
look of recruits in this class. I was also shocked that Alabama only had 17. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, after you win a national championship, mm-hmm. you're you're a proven powerhouse year in and year out, and you only have 17. Still at number five in the recruiting rankings, though, you'll never fall away from, from top five. Yeah, and I mean— If you're Alabama. I'm I mean, lo- it won't happen. I'm looking at Alabama's some of the big recruits they have. Charles Baldwin, offensive tackle, like number one in the state of New York, the best offensive tackle. They also have the third best dual threat quarterback in Jalen Hurts that's going to be coming to them. They have the 10th best offensive guard, the second best running back in B.J. Emmons. And I'm going to say this, B.J. Emmons is going to be a guy where probably in two or three years he's the Trent Richardson, the Mark Ingram, the Kenyon Drake, the Derrick Henry, because Alabama just seems to be like everyone says like, oh, well, I think it's um, USC is like, oh, we're wide receiver you and UCLA is like, oh, well, we're linebacker you. Alabama is running back you. Let's be honest. As of late, Ingram, Richardson, Lacey, now Henry. Yeah. There's more in there that I can never name them all. Let's be honest. I can never name all of the Alabama running backs that have come out in recent years. But B.J. Emmons and in North Carolina, third in the state of North Carolina, second overall running back from this class. He's going to be good. So with Alabama, it's more of we don't need a ton of recruits. We don't need them. We've got enough just to be like, okay, let's go win another title. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be awesome to be in that position. And I got, before I throw some recruits at you, kind of where they would commit, where they don't, I got one question for you. Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa's brother, going to Ohio State. Is that a shocker to you? Yeah, huge <laughs> shock. No, it, not at all. Of course he would go to Ohio State. Okay, before we go to the one and done, I've got you're choosing some recruits. Derek Brown, defensive tackle. What are you picking? Three teams, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee. You're a defensive tackle. You're the best in the state of Georgia, oh. the ninth overall recruit in the class. I'm going to Auburn. You're going to Auburn. They need me. <laughs> How about... I'm going to have for you Ben Davis. Davis is an inside linebacker. He is from Alabama. He's a five-star recruit, the best recruit in Alabama, the best inside linebacker, 10th overall. Are you going to Bama or Georgia? I think that's an easy question. You can go to Bama. And the last one I've got for you is Marik Juarez from California, outside linebacker. Went to North High High School in California. 11th overall recruit. Do you go to Alabama, Old Miss, or you stay home at UCLA? Do you go to linebacker you? You're an outside linebacker. I think that's an I, I think that's another simple one. You go to UCLA. You stay home and go to UCLA. And we're gonna move on to our last topic. This is to me. The most, this is my favorite one of the podcast, I'll be honest. And we saved the best, in my opinion, for last. Because you came in, Brandon, and you said, I want to talk Buddy Heal. And I was like, of course you do. Because he's, like I said last week, in our who's the best player in college basketball, and he proved it to me against Ben Simmons. 
that he's the best player in college basketball, even though he did not have the game-winning shot. The question we're going to answer today, and we're going to use Buddy Heal as our reference point, should the one-and-done be fading in college basketball? Should the one-and-done be fading? Yes. I think the one-and-done should be fading. But at the same time, I get the argument from the other side. I get it. Well, if they stay, they you know they could get injured and this and that and the other thing. But you know what? You also come from the side of, guess what? They might not get injured, mm-hmm. and they might continue to get better, and they might get educated because it is important to be able to have some sort of education to then take out into the world with you, even if you're going to the NBA. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Be educated. Well, not just, I mean, the education thing to me is kind of a lost argument a little bit, only because I do agree getting your diploma, kind of like Andrew Luck did, is important. I'm totally for that. However, I always see the same side of the argument. It was, I want to say Jay Billis who said it, where he was like, oh, well, my son was head of the student council and he earns an actual salary for his job as head of the student council, but we can't pay a basketball player because they're a student athlete. So I I look at that side of the argument and I people go, would also okay. say people would also say you're getting paid yeah. to play here so, for free. Yeah, and that's a huge thing for the one and done because the those players would come back and say, but Brandon, I can't buy food for my family. I can't do this with that money that you're saying I'm getting paid for. But that's not the point of this conversation. That's one of the reasons that fuels the one and done. However, I'm a fan of like staying in college, mainly because during the LSU-Oklahoma game, the little snapshot I'm going to use is they were talking about Buddy Heal and kind of the development he's had. They showed two pictures, one from his, I want to say it was sophomore year, one from his senior year, and just, like, he had the shot well over his, what was it, his right shoulder? His le- No, his left shoulder, well over his left shoulder. He had to be an awkward shot. When I saw it, I, like, kind of mapped it out with me, and I was like, okay, how would that work? And I'm like, man, that's awkward. I can't even do that. To where now it's right where it's supposed to be, to where he can just, Shoot it with clean ease. And that's what you get when you stay in college. You get a coach like Coach Kruger, or if you're at North Carolina, who did lose to Louisville, by the way, Brandon. I know, I was watching. If you get one of those coaches like Roy Williams, like a Coach K, no matter if you're at Utah or Duke, whichever Coach K you prefer, you're going to get that development. You're going to get that coaching to help you become a better player instead of, now nah, I played a year, I'm going to go in the NBA, and then it takes me five years in the NBA to do anything because I'm still developing. You know, it's kind of like golf. You can't just go out onto the course and expect to be good. Uh-huh. I, I know that for sure. I you, suck at golf. You've got to put in the hours at the range. Does it suck? Sometimes? I don't know. Yes. Going to the driving range is pretty fun, man. Sometimes, <laughs> yes. And here's the thing. 
You can relate that to basketball. Mm-hmm. Do you necessarily want to stay in college? No, you may hate it. You may want to go to the league right now. But staying and developing and making sure that you are the best when you come out, it's all worth it when you finally get onto the course and are just watching the ball go pretty right down the middle of the fairway. That is why you stay. For the reasons you gave, the development. Because not everybody mm-hmm. is like the Buddy Heel story, but a lot of At people At the same time, not everyone's like Kobe it. Bryant or LeBron James who can come right out of high school and boom, shock the world. No one is, yeah. except for Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. Maybe, maybe KG, too. He came out of high school. But here's the thing, though. There's too many people that look at a guy like LeBron James mm-hmm. or Kobe Bryant who are on their way to going to the league. Yeah. Don't think you're going to be them. Don't think that because guess what? Rare cases. You're probably not. Yeah, rare cases. It was kind of like I'm going to use an example of the E60 that they had. They were showing it last night before I went to bet on Cam Newton. His dad said, well, when we were at Florida and Auburn, or it was Florida because he just came out of high school, it was never – Am I going to, like, where am I going to go to turn pro? Where am I going to turn pro? No, it was just get your job done on the field because that turning pro may not happen. And you got to put in the work to make sure it does happen. And it's like when coaches say, don't look ahead. Don't look ahead to the next Mm -hmm. game. Don't look ahead to go into the league because guess what you got to do right now? You got to prove yourself to the teams in that league so that they want you, that they have a need for you mm-hmm. you make them think that by your play so that's why you have to focus on right now because there may not be a oh, well later i'm going to be in the league well no not if you don't put in the good work right mm-hmm. now and you know play your ass off every single night and it's not about just coming onto the court and playing it's putting in the hours outside of that when people don't see you play that's what it comes down to. There are people with the raw talent that can just come to the court and play. Good for you. Like one that comes to my mind, Anthony Davis. He was an example of a guy who could go one and done in college because he had the talent to go right to the NBA. But if you aren't putting in the work outside of mm-hmm. it, most people will not succeed. They will fail. Because they think it's all about the fame on the court. Mm -hmm. You want that? You have to do everything else to get that. That's what it comes down to. Not enough people understand that, but it is. But, I I mean, I have plenty of friends who have played basketball. One professionally overseas. mm -hmm. You can't just show up and expect to be good every day. The number of hours that they put in at the gym, the number of hours they put in lifting, shooting, all of those things so they can look real good in prime time. That's what you got to do. I'm going to use this point. Out of the top five draft picks, maybe even you can go top ten, but I'm going to use two guys from the top five of last year's NBA draft. The only two... To me, that are, okay, boom, each and every night, solid NBA contributors for their team. Carl Anthony Towns, 
He may be the exception to this rule. Could come out one and done, was a freshman. Now he's doing some good things in the NBA. The other one, Chris Stapps Porzingis. Porzingis, though, was a guy who, of course, you can say, well, Ricky, but he came over from Spain, and he's a Latvia guy. He's an international guy. Yeah, but those international guys don't just come over willy-nilly like the like the pro guys. Like Chris Stapps Porzingis, he's 20. So if you take that into consideration, that's arguably, depending on where his birthday falls, two or three years he would have played in college, which would be the equivalent. I actually, come on, let's be honest, I don't think he's 20. Someone screwed up that birth certificate. That man is not 20. He is not 20. That's what it says. That's what it says according to the internet. And here's the thing, though, is that, you know, we're saying here, you know, they may be an exception to this rule. They may be an exception to this rule. It may not be that they're an exception to this rule. It may just be that they got lucky because not everyone is going to come right out. See, and I boom. see it as more. They have the they. Those are the few that have the talent to do so. They have the talent to do so and do that. Where not everyone does. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, number two pick in the draft. Did he come out and shock the world in the NBA right away? No. How about Willie Cully? Well, Willie Cully Stein. The junior coming out, not even he, like, he wasn't as huge as Carl Anthony Towns, but, like, Stanley Johnson with Detroit or, like, Justice Winslow with the Heat. He probably more in the Anthony Towns, but another guy playing significant roles for the Hornets, Frank Kaminsky. When he came out, what was he? Uh, A senior. Well, how about a guy like Doug McDermott for Mm -hmm. the Bulls? Dougie McBucket. But here's the thing, though. He comes out of college. He's on the Bulls bench. No one even yeah, knows he he's there. Thibodeau didn't use him That's right. what I'm yeah, trying Thibodeau to say, though. Use him it right. depends on the situation yeah, you does. go into as well. The T-Wolves is just a great situation for Carl Anthony Towns. Certainly is. Uh-huh. But, but you know, that's what it comes down to, though, too. It's not necessarily just the player. It's the team that they go on to. Let's say this. Let's, let's compare this to the NFL <laughs> really quickly. Johnny Manziel sucks. We all know it. But here's the thing. That maybe he wouldn't suck so much if he was on the Cleveland Browns. Yep. If he went to a team that needed him right away, that they were going to stick with him and only him, and they were only going to develop him, or, boom, Johnny Manziel is good all of a sudden, and he's not getting into a fight with his girlfriend every weekend. <laughs> there you go. But on the other side, back to basketball. You're getting a little heated about this. Absolutely, Ricky. I love it. This is a topic that everyone <laughs> should be taking a look at. Because I love it. It's not, it's not just because I, I care whether you stay in college or don't stay in college, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's that's kind of n- white mm-hmm. noise. It's you, you have to make sure that it's going to be the right situation for you. That's what it comes down to. Don't mm-hmm. just go yeah. because people are telling people are telling me to go. Go. The, the go, agent go, says do go, it, do it, go do it. Go to the NBA, go to the NBA, that kind of thing. You have to go when the time is going to be mm-hmm. best for you, when the fit is the best. If there's no good fit, you stay. Because there's another opportunity for you to get even better in college and more teams to covet you going to the NBA. Mm -hmm. Last thing I'm going to ask you before we wrap things up. I'm looking right now. If you have not checked it out already, check the description of either this podcast or if you're listening to this later in the week on the individual YouTube segment portion, check the link down below for Sean, Sean Anderson, here at Most Valuable Podcast, his 1.0 NBA mock draft. And, Brandon, we talked about Buddy Heal. 
And one of the things that Sean had is, did you have a chance to see where Sean had uh, Buddy going? I didn't. I he didn't has get a chance to look at it. He has him 11th overall to the Raptors. Too low? Because my first thought was that's too low for Buddy. 11th overall. The guards that he has going ahead of Buddy in the draft is he has Chris Dunn, another upperclassman, by the way, from Providence, going 7th to the Pelicans. And at number 10, Jamal Murray, an underclassman from Kentucky, going to the Kings. But he has Buddy at 11th to the Raptors. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that... To me, I thought that was too I low. I think that maybe he can move up a couple of spots, but I think that's probably that's probably right. That's probably a good spot, actually. Well, to, like the team, it's a great spot because, I mean, if I don't want to get too much into it, but if DeRozan leaves, Buddy can come in and be the point guard. If not, he can even play behind DeRozan. I just number-wise was like, oh, isn't that a little bit too low for Buddy Heal? Arguably the best player in college basketball, but I got one more question from this mock draft for you. The big shocker. Ben Simmons is not number one in this draft. Ben Simmons is number two going to the Lakers. He's got Brandon Ingram from Duke at number one. What are your thoughts? That's an interesting... That's yeah, an, I, I thought the same that's thing. An interesting, I went, well, that's like, an interesting play. It made me do a double I, take. I went, what, Simmons, number two to the Lakers? What? I don't... Um... I don't particularly agree with that. It may be because we may not. We, we I, I, I don't hear much about Ingram at all, especially uh-huh. since I don't hear anything about Duke and I can't complain. But <laughs> I, I think that that is an interesting pick and we'll just have to see how the rest of the season plays out. And who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll be right on point. He but could be right. on. You know, right now we just have to wait and see. But you guys got to check that mock draft down below in the description. You can also. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Whitmer. Brandon is at Young underscore Swan 19. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast. If you're on SoundCloud, please hit that heart and repost button. If you're on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button. We will see you guys. Well, actually, we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you again for listening to the Primetime Podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.